Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to the Hypno Dojo. I'm Linda Campbell, and it is March 31st, 2017, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Victoria, B.C. Hypno Dojo is a show dedicated to students and practitioners of hypnotherapy, giving you some tips and hints on how to have a more successful practice. I'm a registered clinical counseling hypnotherapist. I run the Horizon Center School of Hypnotherapy, and I'm the president of the Canadian Association of Counseling Hypnotherapists and Educators. And today we are going to talk about pain management. And um, when I'm talking about pain management, I'm talking about pain, but really everything that I'm saying in this episode today could apply to any kind of physical symptom, whether it's a pain symptom or not. So hypnotherapy, of course, can be used for pain relief. In fact, some of the earliest uses of hypnosis were for pain or other physical symptoms. So way back in the 1800s, John Eliotson created the first hypnosis journal called Zoist. That was in 1848. And for 13 years, from, or sorry, 1843, from 1843 until 1855, article after article was published by Eliotson and other doctors detailing the use of hypnosis for issues such as epilepsy, asthma, headaches, heart issues, rheumatism, sciatica, palsy, inflammation, and more. And there are also reports of painless operations, including cataract removal and amputation of a penis. I'm really curious to know why somebody would need to have that done. Now, I'm bringing this up because in our day and age, hypnosis is generally associated with stage hypnosis, with people doing something embarrassing on stage. And people don't really understand that hypnotherapy was initially used by physicians and that one of the first uses of of hypnosis, again, was for pain relief. So uh, prior to the development of anesthetic, hypnosis was used as the anesthesia during these types of surgeries. So another famous person from back in the day is James Esdale, and he's famous in the hypnosis circles for performing more surgeries using hypnoanesthesia than any other physician up to that time. So he performed thousands of painless operations. So today, typically, clients are not coming to us to have painless surgery, <laughs> even though I know it's possible. I've read some of these cases. I've read the books. I know the history. I think there's enough of my brain that believes that we have to have anesthetic or we have to be, you know, have some kind of medical care beyond just the power of our own mind. But I don't even know if I could have painless surgery, nor do I think hospitals would allow it. If you showed up at the hospital and was like, yeah, do my amputation with just hypnosis, chances are that's not going to happen. So people generally are not coming to us today to have painless surgery. When they're coming to a hypnotherapist to deal with pain or some kind of a symptom, it's generally one of two things that they're coming for, either a reduction in the pain or in the symptom, or to understand any psychosomatic reason for the pain. So people generally look at hypnotherapy now as a way of getting into the subconscious mind, into getting into that part of the mind that creates psychosomatic pain. So nobody likes to hear, oh, it's all in your head. But I've had a lot of clients who have had all the medical tests to determine what's going on for them physically, and nothing shows up on the tests. And oftentimes people are given 
sort of a blanket diagnosis of something like chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia because really the doctors can't find anything to explain their condition. And yet these are conditions that can be treated and um, effectively eliminated using hypnotherapy once we understand what's going on underneath the symptoms. So pain or symptoms generally fall on a scale where on one end of the scale it's purely physical. So you break your arm and it hurts purely physical. On the other end of the scale, it's purely psychosomatic. So think of phantom limb pain, right? People actually have soreness in an area of their body that doesn't exist anymore. This is purely coming from the mind. And any kind of pain falls somewhere along that scale. So it may be partly physical, but mostly psychological, or mostly uh, physical and partly psychological, or it may be on one extreme end or the other or fall somewhere in the middle. So for the hypnotherapist, the challenge is to determine what part of the scale it lands on and to treat it effectively. When it comes to physical pain, it can be reduced, but we should not eliminate a physical pain because it may be an indication that there's something that needs to be addressed. So, for example, if somebody's getting headaches all the time, that could be an indication there's a brain tumor or that there's something going on that needs to be addressed by a physician. And if we just removed the pain, the person would miss the important signal that they need to go have something looked at. Now, I also believe that because the subconscious is primarily protective, you won't be able to get rid of a pain that has purely uh, physical, like this is important to look at reasons for being there that the subconscious, because its job is to protect the person, isn't going to accept a suggestion that would be against that person's best interest. So I think that even if we tried to suggest to somebody who had purely physical pain that you know the pain was there to get your attention, to make you go to a doctor and have it looked into, the subconscious wouldn't accept that suggestion because it would be against the client's best interest. So subconscious pain, on the other hand, psychological, psychosomatic, however you want to call it, can be uh, completely eliminated once we understand it. So our job, again, as the hypnotherapist, is to figure out what type of pain it is and then address it accordingly. Now, I typically address both ends of the scale at one time. So, for example, if uh, to figure out the subconscious component, there's a lot of different approaches that I might use uh, to get the client getting some clarity or insight into what's going on with them. So one is something that I call a tweak. This is my own little thing, uh, although probably other hypnotherapists have versions of this that they do. A tweak is a series of suggestions that I give to a client. I do this at almost every session with every client on every goal to just get some clarity uh, to kind of prompt the subconscious to give us insight into anything we need to understand in order to resolve the problem. So in the case of somebody who's got pain, it would sound a little something like this. This is my tweak. Your subconscious knows everything about you. It's got all of your history stored within. It understands all of your beliefs and behaviors, why you do what you do and don't do what you don't do. And it understands anything that's related to or responsible for this pain that you've been experiencing. And if there's something that we need to know or understand in order to be able to resolve it, you'll find that that's coming up for you. It may happen while you're here in my chair. Often what that looks like is you'll be trying to listen to me, but there's a nagging thought or memory or something coming to mind trying to get your attention. If at any point something should come up, you're welcome to interrupt me and let me know what's going on for you or give me an indication that you'd like to speak. 
On the other hand, for some people, it comes up after the session's over when you're not really thinking about it anymore. And people can get their insight in different ways. For some people, it's really that, a flash of insight, an aha moment, a moment of clarity, an epiphany, a catharsis, when suddenly things make sense. For some people, it feels more subtle than that, more like they're guessing, speculating, connecting the dots, putting pieces together. For some people, it might be a memory that surfaces, a snippet of a memory or a full-blown memory, maybe something you've thought of before or something that's brand new. For some people, it may feel subtle, like you're guessing or speculating or connecting the dots. For some, it might come in the form of a clear, vivid dream. For some, it might feel like you have a hunch, a, a knowing, a feeling. Now, you don't have to go looking for this. Your subconscious will make you aware of it. It'll just pop up into your mind as though from out of the blue. You may or may not immediately understand the correlation, but you will feel the need to share it with me as it just may be your subconscious providing you a piece of the puzzle. I think I repeated myself at one point there, but that's okay. Repetition is, you know, hypnosis is all about repetition. So that's what a tweak sounds like. So I will give this in some version or another in every session. And oftentimes what happens is when I'm saying it, the client will have something come to mind. They might interrupt me, in which case we'll do sort of free-flowing hypnosis, go wherever it needs to go. Or afterwards they might say, hey, something came up for me during the session. So I always save time to debrief with the client so that we have time after a session to talk about any insights or clarity or memories that came to mind. Oftentimes by the time I finish the session and the debriefing, I've got all the content that I need to do the next session. So that can be a way to get at some of the uh, subconscious or psychological reasons for the condition. Another one would be parts therapy. So with parts therapy, you initiate, you suggest that there's a part of the client that understands exactly what this symptom is all about, where it came from, anything that causes it or contributes to it, anything that aggravates it, anything that could do to help it. And you're going to initiate a conversation with that part of themselves so that they can get insight into it. So getting the client to speak, so to speak, <laughs> to the part of themselves that understands what they need to understand in order to resolve the issue. A similar uh, technique would be the inner advisor. So go talk to the deep part of yourself that you know knows everything there is to know about this condition, wise person. It may be yourself or it could be somebody else. Or you could do regression to cause. So I tend towards using a timeline for regression. I have the client imagine a timeline of their lives out in front of them uh, with significant ages or events or dates marked off on the timeline. And then I have them focus on the symptom they're experiencing, and I have them imagine as though they were iron filings, and the place on the timeline that explains where those symptoms originated is a powerful magnet. And I have them allow themselves to be drawn to the place on the timeline that explains where this symptom originated, and then they share with me what came up. So those are four different techniques that you could use for figuring out any subconscious component. Um, another thing is to listen for the language that the client uses. Uh, and I'm going to give you some examples of this towards the end of this call, but oftentimes I think the subconscious is, you know, inside the person just screaming out, using all kinds of different language that the client doesn't even know that they're using to explain what the condition is all about or what we need to understand in order to resolve it. I'll get to that in a little while. So we're trying to figure out what type of pain it is. I will address it being both psychological and physical at the same time to find out the psychological component, doing something like parts therapy, a tweak. <coughs> Hang on. 
Okay. Sorry about that. I am dealing with a bit of a throat thing right now, so if I should have to do that again, just talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Okay. So to figure out the psychological component, a tweak, part therapy, some inner advisor or wise self type of work, or regression to cause. To deal with any physical component, you can do the standard pain management techniques. So most hypnotherapists at some point in their career come across or are taught the anesthetic gloves. And so this is an old approach where the client creates anesthesia, typically in the hand, so gloves, um, but it can also be modified to include other areas of the body. Another technique is the color technique. So you have the client imagine sort of a symbolic representation of their symptom, give it a size, give it a shape, give it a color, so they have an image in their mind or they're thinking of an image, and then you have them modify that image, so shrink it down, make it softer, uh, water down the color, make the color more muted. And the idea is that because the image represents the discomfort, the pain, that as you modify the image, it's going to modify what's going on in their bodies as well. Actually, my favorite thing, though, to do with a client is to have the client choose their own healing imagery. People will come up with things that you hadn't even thought of. And I think imposing imagery on a client is never as effective as having them come up with something that resonates with them. And I've had some clients come up with some really interesting things. Uh, I had a client who came to see me for prostate cancer who wanted to resolve his cancer, and he believed that lavender was a healing color. And he actually came in for our consultation, and he had a lavender-colored highlighter, and he had a printout of the male sex organs. And he sat there in front of me and colored in the area of the prostate with this lavender highlighter and was explaining to me along the way that this is what he wanted to do when he was in hypnosis, that he wanted to envision that area being colored in with lavender. And so he brought this in as a visual aid to have it in his mind and to also show me what he wanted to imagine. So he had this idea already. When I put him in hypnosis and prompted him for any more healing uh, imagery, what he came up with was that the um, the healthy cells were like um, white knights all pushing push brooms and that the unhealthy cells were these black sort of disoriented cells and the, the healthy cells were pushing them along with push brooms down sort of a, a drain and that they were being eliminated from the body. So he came up with his own imagery. And again, I think if we try to superimpose imagery, if we try to make the client come up with the thing we think is going to be effective, it's not nearly as useful as having them do it themselves. I had another client who had uh, pain in his feet, and his imagery, he would imagine a little elf in his feet removing shards of glass. And uh, later on in our work together, he imagined a doctor injecting a soothing medicine into his feet. Now, again, if we superimpose things on somebody, not only are we making them use imagery that may not fit for them, but we may also be using something that's frightening to them. I work with a lot of clients who have white coat syndrome, or who have fear of needles or, you know, would not want to use something like shards of glass in your feet or receiving an injection because to them that would be scary. But to this guy, that was a healing image. So that's actually my favorite way. And so what that sounds like is I'll have the client uh, think about an image. It can either be real or symbolic, so real, you know, the kind of image you would see in a medical uh, book or in a medical chart at your doctor's office. So a real representation of that area. 
or it could be a completely symbolic representation. It doesn't matter. Your subconscious knows what it represents. And then find some way to help that area to look healthy, to look well, to be functioning normal. So anything that you need to do to that image, maybe it's a color, maybe something needs to be happening. You can have anything you like there in your imagination, but find some way to symbolically represent for yourself that area being healthy and well. And then usually after the session or sometimes even during, I'll ask the client what they came up with because then I can use that in future sessions. So again, it can be symbolic or factual. It doesn't matter. The subconscious is the creative mind, right? So if the client comes up with elves removing shards of glass, it knows exactly what that means. It responds to that. In fact, back in the day, they used to do um, cancer imagery, removing cancer imagery with kids with using the old Pac-Man, so the Pac-Man coming along and gobbling up all the little circles, and that represented, of course, all the unhealthy cells being destroyed. So it doesn't have to be real imagery. If the client has some real imagery that they bring in, that's great. But again, I always suggest that we leave it up to the client to come up with something that works for them. So I'm addressing it from both ends of the scale. I'm giving them um, the opportunity to come up with some healing imagery. I'm giving them suggestions that are specific to what they want to feel, so comfort or ease or range of motion. Remember, we want to focus on what the client wants, not the absence of what they don't want. So you're not going to say you don't have pain, obviously, because the subconscious has to think of the word pain in order to tell the self that we don't have pain. So it's just reinforcing the idea of pain. So you're getting the client to determine uh, prior to doing hypnosis, what would you like instead? Describe to me if this problem were completely solved, what you'd be experiencing, what would that feel like? And then I'm writing their own language because people's language means something to them. Um, You know, one client might say that they want to be comfortable. Another client may say, I want to have pliable muscles. Somebody else might say, I want greater mobility. And if I use language that doesn't fit the person, they don't really understand what it means, whereas if I grab their language and feed it back to them, they think I'm so brilliant and insightful because I said the perfect thing, but really all I did was say back to them what they just told me. So typically what I'm doing is in session number one, I'm addressing with both of these approaches so I'm you know, working on the psychological part by prompting the subconscious for any insight, unless, of course, I've already collected something that I can use during our consultation. So I do a really thorough one-hour free consultation with the client where I'm taking a full history from them, and I'm looking for any relevant past events that could be contributing to their condition. So Typically, I'm asking the client, what are the symptoms? You know, how far back do these symptoms go? When did you first notice them? What was going on in your life at that time? What theories do you have as to what prompted these symptoms to come on? And I'm listening for things that I can use. So, for example, I had a student who we were working on her period cramps, and she told me, here's where the language is important. Listen to this. She told me that the cramps started at a period in her life when her flow of creativity was being cramped. And I'm like, did you just hear what you said? (laughs) She had no clue. You just used the word period, flow, creativity, and cramps all in one session. And when I asked what was going on at that time, basically she was living with a partner who uh, there wasn't enough space in the house for her to do all her creative endeavors, and so she wasn't able to like sing and dance and do things that mattered to her and it brought on heavier period cramps. Now, again, it doesn't have to make sense to your logical mind. It just has to make sense to the subconscious. So 
I'm asking about, you know, when did the symptoms begin, what was going on in your life at the time, because sometimes people get insight into it just talking to you at the desk before you even do any hypnosis. So I'm going to address whatever we discuss in the chair when they're in hypnosis, but again, also prompt them for anything in addition, because just like layers to an onion, there can be more than one thing that caused the problem. And even though the client tells you verbally when they're not in hypnosis, sometimes uh, there can be something else going on that they weren't even aware of. So I'm going to address the psychological component, do some healing imagery with them, give them a lot of suggestions for whatever result they want, and then I'm going to basically release the client and see what happens. And there can be all kinds of different things that happen. They could have a response to the tweak, which means they might have insight. They might have memories that have come up. There might be some new clarity. They might have had a dream. They might feel like they're putting pieces together. So if that's what happens, then I'm going to address whatever new information comes up when they come back for their return session. So if it was a dream, but they haven't really figured out the meaning of the dream, I'm going to do some dream analysis and then bridge that dream over to what's going on for them physically. What does this pain have to do with this dream or vice versa? Uh, If they had some new insight, then I'm going to address whatever that insight was in hypnosis. If there was some memory that came up, again, same thing. I'm going to go and remove the emotional charge of that event so it's no longer impacting on them. They may come back and say that they've had a reduction in the pain, but it's still holding steady. And this could mean that there's more to address, more layers to the onion, more things to understand, or that we've reduced, that we've gotten rid of the portion of the pain that was psychological, but now there's just the physical component, in which case we might be able to reduce it further, or maybe, again, it's their body letting them know that there's something they need to get addressed. So, Just as a note here, it may be useful for the client who have already been checked by a doctor first. Now, I feel silly saying this because usually by the time people get to hypnotherapy, they've already been the medical route. They've already seen a doctor. They haven't gotten any results. They've had all kinds of different treatments for whatever's going on for them. Typically, hypnosis is not the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) They don't get a physical condition and go, oh, maybe I should go see a hypnotherapist. Typically, people are going to their doctors, and they come to me because nothing else has worked, or uh, they've been through like a battery of tests, and nothing has been discovered, and so they're beginning to wrap their heads around maybe this has emotional or psychological causes. But again, you might want to check that the person has been checked by a doctor, and in fact, in some states, depending on where you're practicing, this is essential. You cannot work on somebody unless they have clearance from their medical doctor, Uh, This isn't the case right now in Canada, but if you're from the States, you might want to check the rules because it varies from state to state. So if there's a reduction in pain, it may be that there's more to learn about it, or it may be that it's physical. If they've come back and the pain has been eliminated, then it may have been purely psychological, and whatever you addressed in the first session was enough. And so I'm going to just reinforce what I did in that first session. Now, if there are no results by session two or three, I'm doing a little bit more direct work, doing regression to cause, to identify any cause for the pain that we may have missed. Now, I generally don't do a regression in the first session for a few reasons. Uh, First off, depth. A lot of clients in that first session will stay a little bit lighter because they're curious about the process. They might be nervous. And um, if I throw regression on top of already being nervous about a session, they may not have adequate depth to be able to you know, get a good insight into what's going on. 
Also, I like the person to have a, a no-pressure first session with me. Usually, once the person has had that first session and they have had their questions answered about hypnosis, they know that they could have moved and opened their eyes and talked and they felt safe with me and they felt comfortable, then they're more ready to go into a deeper state and to do that deeper work. So I think there's, you know, it's difficult for people to come for hypnosis. It's a little scary for them. Uh, there's so many misconceptions. And I spend, like I said, an hour talking to the person about hypnosis and about their goal and trying to explain what it's going to be like and ease any of their concerns. But even though I do that, people are still nervous at times during that first session. So I tend not to regress to cause in the first session because I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be ready. Um, and Usually if I've done a good intake, there's enough things that have come up during the intake that I can address, and even just giving them some pain management techniques that they can use or some healing imagery that they can use, that's enough to kind of tie them over until we do our second session, which is where we can do deeper work if it's necessary. All right. So, again, we're looking for what's the reason for any psychological, you know, any psychological reason for the pain or the symptom and uh, otherwise giving them some healing imagery. Now, some cases, I already mentioned the student with menstrual cramps. Uh, language, I also have a good friend who I was working on um, for her, what we thought at the time was just memory issues brought on by stress. And when I look back at my notes, I had written down at one point, she commented, my head feels full. And it turns out that she had a brain tumor. Now, this is one of these situations where we're suggesting a way headache. We're working on ways to manage stress, helping her to stabilize emotionally, but the headache was persistent. And the reason the headache was persistent is her subconscious knows better than to cancel something out that needs to be looked into. So as it turns out, it was a brain tumor and obviously needed surgery. But one of the things she said to me, again, was my head feels really full uh, when we were having a, a discussion. So listen to the language that your clients use. I had a client, actually I've had this in several cases, uh, either yeast infections or bladder infections, and these are often a byproduct of there having been some kind of sexual trauma. So it's the body's way of saying no. If I've got an area of my body that you know is painful or uncomfortable or um, you're not going to want to get close to it, then I don't have to worry about somebody traumatizing me. I've got a good excuse or I've got a way to kind of repel them. So oftentimes when people have had some kind of trauma, the area in their body that represents that trauma uh, will be affected with some kind of physical pain or condition. Uh, in fact, I had a client with sexual trauma who developed what she was told was an allergy to semen but really, it came from her not wanting to experience sex and, for other reasons, not wanting to have to be tied down to one person over time. And when we worked on her sexual trauma and her history, interestingly, the uh, allergy to semen went away. And, in fact, I have recently received a picture from her of her beautiful child. Not only did she get rid of this allergy to semen, which was completely psychosomatic, but got pregnant afterwards. So, you know, there is definitely a correlation between the areas of our body, the type of symptoms we get, and what's going on for us emotionally, subconsciously, psychologically. So you're looking for the connections between those three areas. 
So I hope you enjoyed today's show. I only coughed once. Yay, that's awesome. I've been coughing all day with my clients. Thank God for deepening techniques. Please tune in again next week. I'm going to be doing this show regularly every Friday live on Blog Talk Radio between 2.30 and 3. Or you can catch it on iTunes. Just look for Linda Campbell. And, of course, they show up in the Blog Talk Radio archives as well. If you're interested in hypnotherapy training, I do offer in-person training in Victoria, B.C., or online training. Now, my online training, I do meet with my students once a week via uh, Zoom, kind of like Skype, and we have three four-day in-person meetings. So it's kind of a hybrid. You're getting online. You get to move through it at your own pace, but you also get a lot of interaction with your classmates and myself, your instructor. If you're interested in the training, go to my website, horizoncenterhypnotherapy.com, and there's lots of information there. You can also contact me at info at horizoncenterhypnotherapy.com. I'd love to answer any of your questions. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye.